Welcome to the Refuge Church Podcast, where we long to see the lost saved, the saved transformed, and the transformed sent. For more information on Refuge Church, or to learn how you can give to this ministry, visit refugejacks.church. Uh, If you have a Bible, find Romans chapter 12. Uh, What we read earlier uh, is where we'll be just now. Um, If you're looking for the whoever wrote that song, you can YouTube uh, the Gettys, G-E-T-T-Y, and they have a video to go along with it, uh, man, if it encourages you. So let me do this. I have a couple of uh, kind of homework things to share with you, and then we'll jump into Romans 12. That's kind of the plan. Um, First thing is today, uh, student ministry is back at 4 p.m. So if you're grade 6 through 12, if you've got a neighbor or a cousin, um, and have them here at 4, we'll talk a little bit more about that tonight at the member dinner. So in light of that, tonight's member dinner is at 5 p.m. We'll start in the ministry center, eat over there, and then make our way over here. It'll last an hour and a half. You'll get home to watch the other football game. Um, So just for what it's worth, if you care about those things. Uh, But more importantly, what we've said, man, hey, if you're a member, we're going to beg and plead and do everything we can to get you to come to two of these dinners, two of these dinner meetings a year. This is one of those two. We're going to take care of everything. We've got child care covered. We've got food covered. We've got the whole thing covered, 5 p.m. to 6.30. Give us that time. We've got some church business to attend to. You might want to know about how we did budget-wise the end of last year. You don't find out if you don't come, okay? So you don't know what Stephen's going to wear if you don't come. Okay, like there's all kinds of things. Uh, We're going to celebrate the Georgia Bulldogs. No, I'm playing. That's not actually true at all, so that's just mean. So, But more importantly, man, we want you here tonight for the Member Vision Dinner. We'll feed you. We'll worship. It'll be encouraging. And man, I hope you can be here. Next week, uh, we'll have baptism in the baptismal behind me uh, at the 1030 service. So you guys are here at the early service. It'll be at the second service. So you may want to stick around. You may want to run, get a sandwich in the in-between, come back, something like that. But... 10.30 service. We've already got six people lined up to be baptized. Um, And so here's what I need to say. A, if you've never been baptized or if you've recently placed faith in Christ um, and uh, you have to be baptized, you need to be baptized, please come get with me after. Um, Just because you came to the member dinner, that doesn't tell me that you want to be baptized. Somebody came to me and said, hey, I I came to, to the member dinner, to the membership class. Somebody came to the membership class and assumed because they came, that was their sign up for baptism. So if you have questions at all about baptism, man, please come see me. I want to make sure I was clear and I am clear on those things. So again, next Sunday, 1030 service. And then last, uh, Lee, just want you to be aware that next Sunday, we're going to jump back into Luke as we were doing all fall, uh, the gospel of Luke. We're going to jump back into our Meet Jesus series like it never stopped, even though it did for two months. Okay, we're going to jump back in in Luke 10. So sometime this week, you might want to read Luke 1 through 9 in your leisure time uh, to get caught up. Go listen to all the podcasts, get caught up, be reminded, maybe refresh yourself in the notes. Uh, But we'll be in Luke chapter 10 next week as we look towards really the plan is, and this was the idea from the beginning, was to go through the book of Luke, man, hit the whole thing, and then end at Easter during the Easter story in Luke. That's really the plan. Uh, then in May, we're going to do a series on marriage. There's kind of a lot coming up over the next several months that I want you to be aware of. So Luke's coming back next week, but we had several things we needed to hit uh, as we entered into this year. So 
Uh, I'm going to pray for us, uh, and then we'll jump into talking about transformation. Okay, God, we love you, and we just pray that your word uh, would be received in our souls. God, your Holy Spirit would speak to us, uh, would direct us. God, you would draw us to you. God, we uh, need you, and we love you. Amen. Um, So our our vision statement says, uh, Refuge Church exists to see the lost saved. So those who don't have faith come to faith. The saved transformed, which is today, and the transformed sent. We talk a lot about scent. Uh, we, at the end of every service, talk about scent. Two weeks ago, we did a series, and all as we're talking about prayer, and we said that scent actually, or that prayer begins with, or scent begins with prayer. Man, I'm all over the place, aren't I? Scent begins with prayer. And so what I want to do this morning is, is I want to talk about that middle section of our mission statement, and really what we really hope that this year can be about at Refuge, and that's the idea of Transformation. If you look at our, our 10 values, one of those says the gospel transforms in everyone and everything. I mean, transform. When you think of transformed, transformation outside of the transformers, um, and what do you think about? I think um, I asked Beth this morning, can you tell me um, how you've seen me transform in 20 years of marriage? What you've seen in me? I think marriage is a beautiful picture of transformation. Whether you've been married for two weeks or for 20 years, You can look at the transformation of yourself over time in a covenant marriage relationship with the other person. Can you not? And if you've been married for two weeks or 20 years or longer, you can go, yeah, I've transformed into someone that I wasn't before. And when we met in college, my wardrobe consisted only of t-shirts and Old Navy flip-flops. I'm not sure I ever ate a fruit or vegetable until I met Beth. Um, I was 100 miles an hour all the time. More seriously, I I did not value lovely and good things like conversation. A walk, a healthy meal, reading good books, coffee. Um, Beth had these grandparent relationships that were been so impactful to her. I, again, I asked her this morning, what, what, what do you think about when you think about that? And she told me, she reminded me of an account early in marriage. We've been married uh, not very long, less than a year, I believe. Is that right? Less than a year? And uh, I moved her. We took a job at a church, and I moved her to a house from the apartment because I wanted to be in a home. Moved her out of an apartment into a home somewhat closer to the church. The apartment, uh, or the house we lived in, was close across the street from the local jail. So that was a good move as a newlywed, right? And so, and then beyond that, the house was um, less than in great shape, but it was a good deal, right? This is so. This is where we moved. And one day she called me, and she was remembering this story. And it's funny how when you're married, you remember stories differently. Because um, I remembered myself being the hero of the story, and it turns out I was not. I was the villain. So I will share this with you. So she called me one day, and she said, "Hey." Um, so she at the time was pregnant, and she was very sick, couldn't get out of bed, kind of pregnant on bed rest. She's home alone by herself across from the jail. She calls me one day, and she says, "Hey, uh, honey, um, there are ladybugs in our bedroom." And I said, okay, great. Have a great day, right? And, and so she said, no, no, there are a lot of ladybugs in our bedroom. They've, they we're in this old house and they've gotten into this window. And I said, well, grab the vacuum cleaner, vacuum them up and hop back in bed. This was my response to her, right? You know, real godly husband. And she said, um, I think I need help. And I said, well, when I get home, I'll help you. But until then, you know, ladybugs. And then she said on the phone that she, she reminded me this morning that she, every few minutes, she kind of covered her head with a blanket and she would f- feel the ladybugs falling and hitting the blanket kind of a thing. Like there were lots of ladybugs in the room. And so I get home that afternoon from work, um, thinking I'm gonna be the hero and rescue the ladybugs. And I walk in and there are hundreds of ladybugs in the corner of our 
bedroom. And my wife, who is super sick, pregnant, has the blanket pulled over her head, just, just you know. And again, I reflected back and went, that was not what I remember. What I remember is I came home as the hero. But, and what she, what she began to kind of lay out for me, man, was, was how much I'd changed and how when we got married, and, and, and I think this is part of marriage, man, but how when we got married, I was so self-focused on what I had, and it was hard for me to be, see two becoming one even in my own soul. Right. She, she, another story that came up in that house that I was thinking about later was um, right before that story. One night she went home and I, she thought I was in class. Well, I came home later that night and snuck in the house. She didn't know I was there. And as she's walking through about 10 p.m. through the dining room um, to the kitchen, again across from the jail in the old ladybug house, um, I leapt out and scared her. She didn't know I was home. Um, scared her to death, and I think she kicked me. Um, and we didn't speak for a while. And, and these, you know, and so again. I would never do that today, right? Uh, the other night, she was walking up the stairs, and I stood in the hallway. How can I not scare her, right? Everything in me, how can, and I still scared her. Like, I didn't even mean to because I was there, right? Like, like but over time, man, man, relationships have this power to transform us. When my daughter was born 17 years ago, talk about transformation. All of a sudden, eight hours of sleep goes out the window, right? All of a sudden, oh, that money has to go to diapers. Okay, like, all of a sudden, these things change. And even more so with Christ. I have, I personally, have known Christ for more than 22 years. And in those 22 years of walking with Jesus, he has transformed my life completely. Here's, here's what I would say. I am not who I was 22 years ago. Everything about me is different. And so my question to you this morning as we talk about transformation is, is transformation taking place in your life? Is the Holy Spirit making a new person out of an old one? Are there mechanisms of transformation available to you that you're allowing to work in your life and heart to transform you? Are you allowing the spiritual disciplines like prayer and Bible study, church, to play a role of transformation in your life? Is intimacy with Jesus transforming you? Uh, we're going to throw a graphic up. I'm not sure you'll be able to read it. It's a little bit wordy. It's a picture and then, some, and then a sentence. Um, I want to read it to you. I'd love for you to write this down. I began to think, if we could give a really good biblical definition of transformation, I think this is it. Transformation is the result of a clear understanding of the gospel that leads to obedience, faithfulness, and perseverance in the same direction through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a long sentence. I actually went to Grammarly, put it in, made sure it was, it's still a sentence, but it's a long sentence. But, but, I, but I want you to see, when we talk about transformation, here's what we're talking about. Here's a good definition for us to apply to our lives to understand transformation. So tra- transformation is the clear understanding of the gospel. I, mean, I, I will be first to tell you that when I came to Christ 22 years ago, and my understanding of the gospel today The gospel hasn't changed, but the clarity of me understanding the gospel has gotten better. Like over time, the more I remind myself of the gospel, read the gospel, believe the gospel, sing the gospel, declare the gospel, the more clear it becomes in ways I didn't understand before. But transformation is the result of a clear understanding of the gospel. We start there, right? 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we could become the righteousness of God, that Christ imputed his righteousness to you and I. That is the gospel. And that understanding leads to, I wrote three things down, obedience. So we're obedient. Transformation is do this, don't do this from the Holy Spirit, and we do those things or we don't. And obedience. Transformation is faithfulness. Am I going to be faithful? Will you put that back up? I'm going to be faithful 
meant for no matter the circumstances. So it's not be good. It's not try harder. And then the third word there you'll see is perseverance. When the idea of when life throws challenges and curveballs and suffering and things I didn't expect, when I press on. And, And then I work this in there, in the same direction. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, that none of this takes place without the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about transformation, and we're talking about that today, and we're beginning to lay a groundwork for that, that, that vision of ours at Refuge, this is what we're saying, that transformation is the result that I understand the gospel clearly, and as a result, I'm led to be obedient, faithful, and to persevere in the same direction through only the power of the Holy Spirit. And so again, back to the question, have you been transformed by knowing Jesus? Can you say, I am being transformed, or even I have been transformed by an experience with Jesus? And and, and beyond that, man, you can make this note, the more I encounter Christ, the more I'm transformed in his likeness, which is the other thing applies too. The less I encounter Christ, the, the less opportunity to be transformed by him. The purpose of transformation is to look more and more like Jesus and to reflect him to the world and transformation, listen, is worship. You could almost pull this word transformation out and stick the word worship there. When we talk about being transformed to look like and reflect Christ, this is a form of worship is what Romans 12 is going to teach us. More worshipful than singing on a Sunday is the transformation of a believer from who they were to the one who looks daily more and more like Christ. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but the gospel transforms in everyone and everything. So if you look at Romans 12, I just want to take the first two verses of Romans 12 and really unpack them in a way that helps us to see what transformation looks like. So it says, and we read it earlier, I appeal to you, therefore, Paul says, we'll just kind of pause. He says, I appeal to you. He's saying, my plea to you. Listen, to this point, there's been 11 letters or so written to the Roman church, Paul. And so for 11 chapters, Paul has shared and communicated and reminded the church at Rome of the gospel. He has laid out the gospel very clearly. And now he makes an appeal regarding the gospel. What what I want you to see is he's saying, because of the gospel, this. So again, look, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, and when you see mercies, I always think of, man, the mercies came at Christ's expense. But what he's saying is, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. He's, he's saying, man, the gospel really demands a response. And when we hear the gospel and begin to believe the gospel and it begins to sink into our souls, it demands and it brings about a response. Second Corinthians 5 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, you've heard this verse, right? A new creation. This is, this is transformation, is it not? The old is passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And then, and then here's that gospel verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake... He made him Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we could be made righteous before God. And the gospel demands a response. The gospel demands a response of of all who would hear it. And the old has passed away and the new has come. 
Do you know, man, if you're in Christ, you've been given what is called the ministry of reconciliation, that you walk around with the Holy Spirit inside of you, able to reconcile man to God and man to man, not of your own power or strength, but because it's what the Holy Spirit has done in you as a gift. You carry that. It says making us ambassadors of Christ, meaning we reflect Christ. Part of transforming is you, you look more and more like Jesus to reflect Jesus to a world who needs Jesus. And then it says, God is making his plea through us. And then through Christ's sacrifice, we are made righteous before God. So I appeal to you, he says, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And he says, which is your spiritual worship? But he says, present your bodies. And here's what he's saying. Present your bodies for transformation. As a result of the gospel, we present our bodies, our minds, our very lives for transformation. You offer up, and we just sang this, who you are, your identity, your value, your gifting, and your entire life. And so he says, man, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Man, man, you're you're giving your bodies back to the Lord to say, transform me to be more like you. And he says, as a living sacrifice, I am not my own. The realization that my life is not my own anymore, that my life is now hidden with Christ. So, So again, reading all this in context, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, because of the gospel, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Man, to, to give it back, to realize that your life is now hidden with Christ. Holy and acceptable are how we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. He says two things, holy and acceptable. You want How do I live my life as a living sacrifice? How do I offer my body? What does even transformation look like? He says holy and acceptable. You can underline those words, holy and acceptable. And there should be a holiness about you as a Christian. Let me, let me just say it this way. There should be a holiness about you as a Christian where at times you look at things and say, that's not for me. That's going to lead me to think things, sing things, watch things that are not going to bring about the worship of Christ in my soul. Therefore, they're not going in. That's, that's holy. It also means the Holy Spirit is in you and is working in you. This is transformation. The Holy Spirit works in you to produce the new man out of the old one. The Holy Spirit is how we follow Jesus in obedience, faithfulness, and persevere through all of it. See, transformation doesn't happen because you want to look more like Christ. Transformation happens because you're willing to submit to Christ. The Holy Spirit is working in you. Man, holy and acceptable. Man, If you had to write down everything you watch and look at and think about and hear and say, man, are they holy? Are they they bringing about the worship of Christ in your life? Not guilt, not shame, but are they bringing about the worship of Christ in your life? Then he says acceptable. Man, do you live a lifestyle that is acceptable? And really what he's getting at is according to God's standard and word. He's asking the question, are you being formed by God's word? Do you allow it to form you as you read it? Do you allow it to speak to you, to to change your life, to convict you of sin, to draw you back into a relationship, to give you joy? So he says all these things, and he concludes with this idea, this is how you worship. And he says, I appeal to you because of the gospel to give your bodies as a sacrifice, that they be holy and acceptable because that is how you worship. We talk a lot about worship in the church today today. 
But when I offer my life back to Christ as his to use for his fame, that is worship. Paul is stating here that transformation brought on by knowing the gospel and allowing the Holy Spirit authority in your life is worship. Listen, the singing in this gathering is an overflow of that worship in your life. When I sing, when I praise, when I pray, they are all an overflow of the internal transformation taking place. There should be times I sit back and I, as I sing and declare a song, I go, yes, you're doing that in me. You are able to experience God through these worship gatherings as a result of the transformation taking place in your life today. And the more you are transformed by Christ, the more alive your worship will become. Listen, maybe we can just say it this way. Worship isn't and shouldn't be confined to Sunday morning. And when we hear transformation and we hear worship, those two things should go hand in hand. Like black coffee. They go together. Right? They go hand in hand. Verse 2. He says, do not be conformed. So again, these go together. I mean, what does it look like to be transformed into one who is created to worship and to be about worship at all times in all places? Man says, do not be conformed to this world. Now, I'll just pause and tell you, the most worshipful moments in my life have not happened in a church. They have not happened in a conference. They have happened at my kitchen table. And where I've set aside time to meet with the Lord. And in that transformation that takes place when I meet with the Lord, he meets me there and my worship for him is stirred. There have been times I've sat at my kitchen table and had both hands in the air singing, going, I can't wake everybody up, but oh my word, let's go, right? Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Why? Because if I'm conformed to the world, what happens? That I'm not being transformed. Listen, do do you see the, the back and forth? If I'm being conformed to the world, then I am not being transformed to look like Christ. Man, but man, do not be conformed. And really, Paul's challenging who we follow, is he not? He's saying, who do you follow? Who do you listen to? Who do you bow down to? Who do you submit to? He's literally saying we reject our desires and trade them for his. That we would reject worldly comforts and trade them for gospel obedience. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. So, so a, l- a little bit of Greek, if, if you want to know, that, that word transformation is the, world, is the word metamorpho. Sound like something? Metamorphosis, think about butterflies, that meta is to change a condition or a place, that morpho is to form. So to change one's form is to be spiritually transformed. So, so as we're transformed, our form is changed. Man, one of the most impactful things that has happened to me as a believer is a couple of years after I became a Christian, I went back to a high school football game. I don't know why, probably shouldn't do that, but regardless, went back to a high school football game and the people that I knew in high school came up to me talking to me in the same way, still doing the same things, and they started going, man, you're different. What is different about you? And that's the point of transformation. When something's different about you so that we can say what? Yeah, there is something different, and it's Jesus, right? Listen, how are we transformed? Listen, so he goes on, he says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed how? By the renewal of your mind. If you want to know what transformation is going to look like for you, it's going to like allowing your mind to be renewed in Christ. To be renewed in Christ. What does that mean? Um, In Corinthians, Paul says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It means we submit our mind to the authority and honor of Christ. means what I let in disciples me. And what I let in transforms me. 
and whom I'm around, who I'm around and what I see and what I watch and what I heard and listened to. And, and can I just, man, just, just going to state this for what it is. Lust, sexual sin, and pornography, man, just absolutely kill the work of transformation in your life in ways that no other sin does. If you are wrestling with sexual sin, with lust or pornography, please talk to someone. You cannot stay there and be transformed by Christ. You will become a dead, stagnant corpse of a Christian that no one wants to be around. And I say that in love because that is not Christ's best for you. He says, because he goes on to say this, man, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, that only the transformed mind can discern God's will. I mean, how often do I get the questions, Pastor? I don't know what God's will for this is. And I would point you to Romans 12 and say, are you being transformed into his likeness? If so, the transformed mind can discern God's will. So if there's a lack of transformation, you might feel all the time like, I don't know what God wants for me. But man, when, when transformation is actively taking place in my life, you know what? I tend to know what God's will is a little clearer than I did before. And then he says this, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will? There it is. He says that you may know it. Do you realize that God wants you to know his will for your life, but that it happens within transformation? He's not going to tell you something you're not ready to hear. It happens in a transformed heart and a transformed mind. Remember, transformation is the result of clear understanding of the gospel that leads to obedience faithfulness and perseverance in the same direction through the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel transforms everyone and everything. So let me just give you a a little list of transformation cannot occur apart from. So without these things, there is no transformation in your life or mine. Number one, the Holy Spirit, hands down, period. I'm in Christ. If I'm in Christ, I am given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no transformation. Number two, Man, without God's word, there is no transformation. And, and man, lovingly and as kindly as I can say it, there's a big difference between pulling my phone out and reading one verse and sitting with God's word and allowing him to speak to, it, speak to me through it. And listen, your life may be crazy and your schedule may be nuts. And even if you did that once a week, man, I, I would implore you, man, transformation cannot occur apart from God's word. Number three, real Intimate prayer. Well, we use this phrase the last couple of weeks, where you encounter God. Transformation cannot occur apart from prayer, apart from intimacy with Christ, apart from encountering God. Listen, transformation cannot occur, number four, outside of community. You need believers in your life that will point you back to Christ, that will check on you, that will text you, that will pray for you, and that will call you out when you're acting a fool. Number five, transformation cannot occur apart from holiness. Man, the, 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 the Christian culture we live in now is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this Monday through Friday, but Saturday and Sunday I'm going to watch, listen to, and act how I want to. Man, there needs to be a life that says, Christ, what do you have for me? What do I need to say no to? What do I need to walk away from? Like, can we just say it this way? Just because it's entertaining and funny doesn't mean it's good for us and holy? Is that a fair statement? I mean, just because it's, entertaining and funny doesn't mean it's good for us. And listen, I own that just as much as as you probably do. The most disappointing thing to me is to find a new show that my wife and I can watch together and laugh, and then six episodes in go, oh, got to turn it off. And can I just say, turn it off. Man, 
And transformation cannot occur apart from a clear understanding of the gospel and that Christ took your place. Transformation is all about intimacy with Jesus. And here's the thing. If I'm not being transformed, then I have nothing to offer when I'm sent.